Today we hear a little bit about a story or the events in the Gospel that immediately follow our Lord Jesus Christ feeding the 5,000 uh, people from the five loaves and the two fish. And it makes you kind of think about, you know, for ourselves, when we sort of, we go to a restaurant, we go to a new place to eat, or we go to someone's house and they have food that's really good. And it's like so good that you just can't wait to go back to that same place again. It was such a great experience that you want to try it again, or maybe try it more than once again. And that's sort of what happened to these people after they had the five loaves and the two fish uh, and were able to be fed with such a small amount of food, with such a great amount of people. The next morning after our Lord Jesus Christ fed them, the people started looking for Him. They knew that the disciples had left after the meal to go back across the sea to Galilee. And they also knew that our Lord Jesus Christ went up to the mountain to spend some time in prayer. And so they looked for Him in the morning, but they couldn't find Him. They knew that our Lord Jesus Christ had not taken the one boat that was left behind, but they didn't know where He was. St. John tells us that these men warmly greeted our Lord Jesus Christ when they finally found Him as a great teacher. They said, Rabbi. That was an honored word that they used. After eating the meal, the miraculous meal, they realized that our Lord Jesus Christ was more than just a carpenter or more than just a, a, a preacher. But our Lord Jesus Christ immediately makes a statement that cuts to their heart. He says, You are looking for me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Our Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels has this amazing way of making us take notice of ourselves and our desires and our motivations. Our Lord Jesus Christ has this way of causing us to be reflective and be real with ourselves. He has this way of making us look behind the curtain of our lives and see sort of the real us. Basically, when all is said and done, our Lord Jesus Christ asks them, and of course He asks us, why do we seek Jesus? What do we want with Him? What do we want Him to do? Why do we want to follow Him? None of these are bad questions. There are many reasons why people follow or seek Jesus. And there's a whole host of things that people want from Christ back then and today. Our Lord Jesus Christ's miracles set people free from real burdens, from illnesses, from persecutions, from social isolation, from oppression, from embarrassment, from physical limitations. Our Lord Jesus Christ even met the, 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 the easy or the small needs of the people, turning water into wine. He rescued people who needed, who were going to be killed, and He took away illnesses that nobody could take away. And there's a lot of reasons why people seek our Lord Jesus Christ today. Some people seek Christ out of fear of judgment. Some people seek Christ to obtain healing. Some seek Christ to be free from sin or addiction. Some people seek Christ when they're overwhelmed with problems or overwhelmed with trouble. Some people seek our Lord Jesus Christ when they are overwhelmed with grief. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, come to Him and give Him all of our burdens. He tells us that He's going to walk with us through the valley of the shadow of death. So there are a lot of reasons why our Lord Jesus Christ is sought by us. The group that we read about this morning sought Him out for material reasons. 
They wanted to get another good meal. They wanted to have their stomachs filled. They wanted to be, like have our Lord Jesus Christ be sort of like their personal chef. They wanted Christ to show up and take care of their needs. But before you kind of look at them and you think to yourself, how dare they do that and how do they act like this? There are many times that we want the same thing. We've asked Christ and we've asked God to take care of our basic needs. We wanted Him to do something that would enable us to pay our bills, to feed our families, to put a roof over our heads. We want our Lord Jesus Christ to do something special for us so that we could live a little bit easier, so that we could enjoy life a little bit more. We asked God for a healing so we wouldn't have to go to the doctor. We want our Lord Jesus Christ to take pain away. It's easy for us to want our Lord Jesus Christ to do something for us. He's the Son of God. He walks on water, heals the blind, sets free the captives. It's not a bad thing to want all of these things. Many of those things actually open the door for our Lord Jesus Christ to enter the hearts of people. Many of those things are things that we read about both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. How our Lord does the things that we ask of Him. But it's wrong when all we want is those things. It's wrong when we want to use our Lord Jesus Christ like some sort of genie or some sort of coin slot machine. It's wrong when we want to use our Lord Jesus Christ for our own personal prosperity and gain. God is asking or calling us today to desire the deeper things in life more than life itself. He wants us to experience abundant lives, not just abundant and full stomachs. He wants us to enjoy a life full of the food that lasts. Sometimes we get confused about all of this. When our Lord Jesus Christ spoke about a temple of God, the people around him that day thought he was talking about a building. They couldn't wrap their heads around the idea that our Lord Jesus Christ was talking about an eternal temple that resides in all of us. When our Lord Jesus Christ spoke to Nicodemus about being born again, about being baptized, all Nicodemus could think about is going back into his mother's womb. He had no clue that what our Lord Jesus Christ was talking about is being reborn by water and spirit in baptism. When the woman at the well heard our Lord Jesus Christ speak about water, she focused on the fact that he didn't have a bucket. Where was he going to get this water? Our Lord Jesus Christ wants us to understand that he came more to bring more than just a better physical life. He came to do more than just take away our problems and cares for a few minutes. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to teach us that the things of the world have a definite end. He tells us over and over again that everything in the world ends up in dust and ashes. Everything around us is temporary. Everything except for us, except for ourselves. We have the ability to live forever. We have the opportunity to, be, to die and to be resurrected and live in the new heaven and new earth. All that we have around us, the things we have around us, have a shelf life. But the fruits of God, the Holy Spirit, can give us fruit unto eternal life. And God's fruit never spoils or never gets ruined. So this whole passage brings us to ask ourselves some very deep questions. Is Christ enough? Is following our Lord Jesus Christ enough? It's a question that we really need to take some time and think about. Those are some of the questions that the people had time 
to deal with in Capernaum? They're the questions that people like the rich young ruler, people like Judas, people like St. Peter, people like one of the servants that followed St. Paul, Damas, they all ask themselves these questions. Is our Lord Jesus Christ enough? For the young ruler, he was not enough. For Judas, he was not enough. For Damas, he was not enough. St. Peter was the only one who was really able eventually to answer that, yes, I, I only need Christ. These are the same questions actually that were asked in the Old Testament. This question was asked of Job when he lost everything. Is God enough? This question was asked of St. Paul in the New Testament. If you remember, St. Paul was set up as to have a, a, a good life. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was somebody who was going to be something within the Jewish community. But listen to what he says in Philippians. He says, More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ. St. Paul had a life that was full. He was living in the city of Jerusalem. He was regarded as one of the great teachers of his day. He was tutored by one of the famous biblical scholars. And then he had this encounter with Christ on the road to Damascus. That's what we read about in the book of Acts today. He realized that Jesus was in fact the Messiah. He realized that Christ was the Savior of the world. Suddenly his rank as a Pharisee didn't matter. He was no longer thought of as a great teacher and it didn't matter to him. He was no longer welcome to walk down the halls of the temple. He got kicked out of the temple. His life took an immediate change of direction. And over the next you know, 30 or 40 years left of his life, St. Paul found himself being put into prison for his faith. He was kicked out of towns, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked. This wasn't the life that his, that his mother and father maybe planned for him when they put him at the feet of Gamaliel, the, the teacher. But when St. Paul looked around and all of this worldly things, he considered it rubbish. All that mattered to St. Paul was Christ. St. Paul answered the question that our Lord Jesus Christ asks today to the people of Capernaum. St. Paul says, well, you know, all I want is Jesus. That's all I want. Why do I want to follow Him? Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. So as we begin to spend the liturgy of the believers, it's an invitation for all of us to ask ourselves, why do I even come to church? Why do I go to church? Do I come to church so that I can appear religious to others? Do I come to church because the church has Sunday school for my kids? Or maybe I like the priest's sermons or I like my social gatherings? Do I like the, 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 the way that I can maybe make business connections to network? Do I come to be entertained, to listen to gossip, to eat with friends? Some of those reasons, some of those things can be reasons why maybe I enjoy the church. But I need to ask myself, is Christ enough? Do I come with the primary goal to worship the God who saved me? To spend time with the one whom I loved because he loved me first? God wants to give us all of these good things. But to seek first the food that doesn't perish. Seek first the food that does not perish. The food that endures into everlasting life. So I'm asking all of us to sort of lift up our hearts in prayer. 
during this liturgy to ask God for this food that never perishes. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. Blessed are you.